Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and I take you step-by-step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the My Little Eater podcast. So today, I can't even believe I'm saying we are in the first week of December, and I am not feeling as prepared as I usually feel for Christmas, which I know isn't a big deal, but I mean, coming from a person who usually has their Christmas decor out the day after Halloween, I am kind of feeling like I'm behind on it all just because I don't have any decorations we haven't gotten our tree we do get a real tree every year we'll be getting that this weekend um I did get my Christmas gifts though that is good that is that whole thing is off of my plate and then I guess my real goal is just to you know take off December and not really have a whole lot of you know things to think about and turn and I definitely don't want to be in the malls or doing any shopping during this time so Anyway, we are almost there. Hopefully after this weekend, we will be all decorated and then we can enjoy the coziness that is Christmas, which brings me into today's topic, which is all about holiday gatherings and how to deal with sort of unwanted maybe comments from family members during the holiday dinners, especially around your child who may be a bit pickier, right? So we know that food can be a huge part of so many of our holiday celebrations. And really with family, sometimes food choices can even have certain meanings tied to them for those family members. So with so many different people gathered around the table and each having their own food philosophies, it can sometimes be an interesting dynamic. You may already have, you know, experienced this. Maybe you've been approached by a family member who's sort of opinionated, of course, has the best intentions, but, you know, might follow a feeding style that's different from your feeding style. And so you sit down for a family dinner, dreading, you know, the comments that you know are going to be coming your child's way. So you know the ones, like I'm talking about, um, if you eat two more bites of carrots, then you can have dessert. Or are you, you know, really going to let your son eat all of that candy? Like my mom would always say that to me every single time because of course there was tons of desserts and tons of candy around for holiday festivities and you know you might be tempted to try and just avoid the situation completely and I get it trust me you wouldn't be alone in in this by just saying I just want to stay home or I'm going to feed my kid on their own at home and then I don't have to deal with any of these things at the event but I'm here today to help lower your stress and to help you execute a healthy and a happy family meal over the holidays so I'm going to go Go ahead and address some of the common scenarios that you might run into, and I'm going to include some tips on how you can confront your family with these issues so that, you know, you and your family can have a stress-free meal experience. So let's just start with my very first tip that I think works well in so many situations 
whenever you're dealing with family is always to remember where they're coming from. So it's always, always beneficial to think about, okay, that pressure that, you know, is coming from another family member for your child to eat something, that's coming from a place of love. It really does have good intentions behind it. You know, sometimes family members, they do this without even realizing that that what they're doing is considered pressure, if you know what I mean. So for them, it's just the way that they've always fed their kids. um, And it's the way that they have learned to also, you know, show their love. And as research around feeding styles have developed over the years, we know that changes have, I want to say almost 100% happened from when they raised children of their own and they just don't even know that comments like these could have negative effects at mealtime. So if holidays are usually the only time that you get together with, you know, certain members of of the family, they're not going to be familiar with the amount of food that your child eats or maybe the types of food that your child is able to eat. And they could genuinely just be concerned that, you know, they're not eating enough food to stay healthy. So although this is hard to see at the time and deal with at the time, the best thing you can do is take a breath and just keep this in mind before proceeding with any other action. Okay, so that's the first thing, tip number one, remember where they're coming from. Now tip number two is to talk about things ahead of time with your family. So if you're going into dinner already expecting that you're gonna run into a problem like this, it's probably helpful to address it before the meal begins or even better before the get together actually happens. So talking about this in advance can really help eliminate any tension at mealtimes. It could help empower family members and it allows them to feel like they're actually on board with feeding decisions which I will tell you 1 million percent can help create a more positive experience for everyone. So you could even use this as an opportunity to teach your family about the ins and the outs of your feeding styles and you know the things that you've been learning hopefully on my little eaters page and in our in my courses and just to you know kind of help eliminate bumping heads at your next gathering. So to help improve their understanding of the feeding style that you use First, I want you to explain it to them. So this is gonna allow for you and for other members of the family who don't follow the same feeding style to adjust expectations during the holidays or to find solutions to any issues you have with one another and one another's feeding styles in order to resolve things ahead of time. So, you know, you can say something really simple like, you know, we've been trying a specific feeding style with, you know, Thomas, that's my son's name, we'll use him as an example, and it's really working out well. I would love to share it with you, and you have to help me with implementing it at dinner. I would love if you could do that. And that is kind of just really, you know, setting the the lay of the land for, hey, we have this specific thing that we're doing, so that's one. It's working out really well, that's two, and I want you to be a part of it. That's really inviting, and that's usually a really great place to start. And then, of course, you can go ahead and explain what that feeding style is. You don't have to go into it in detail. It's not like they have to do a whole course about it, but you could say something like, you know, we follow the division of responsibility, so what it is is I'm in charge of choosing what, when, and where to serve a meal, and then Thomas is in charge of choosing if and how much he eats. So you can follow my lead at mealtime and watch how I do it. It's really cool. So something like that I find works really well. It also might be really helpful for them to know important aspects around how you might structure your meals. So for example, whether or not you and your child eat together. So for example, I am a huge proponent of kids eating at the same table with adults. If possible, I understand with big family gatherings, sometimes there's no room for everyone at the same table. But if there is that opportunity, you could talk to your family members about the benefits that you've seen when you do include your child 
during mealtimes, you know, at the same table versus having them at a kid's table or versus having them eat at a different time than you and just how much you really value their presence during mealtime. So just let them know, hey, like, you know, I'd, I'd love if they could sit with me. It's been working really well. You know, he loves it as well. I'd love if he can take part. You think we can make it work? And then just see if that would, you know, if you can kind of set that up. The next thing is even letting them know, you know, what type of serving style you follow. So for example, do you serve meals family style at home or do you usually pre-plate things? Because if you pre-plate things and things are working, then that's great. And usually when you go to a a family event, a lot of people pre-plate a food for kids because they can't actually go to a buffet table and serve themselves. But if you know that family style is actually what works really well for your toddler, for your preschooler, um, it's something that I teach in my course that I think really works for most kids. It just gives them the independence that they need. Then you could also let your family members know that ahead of time and say something like, you know, Thomas is going to actually pick what foods he wants. So I'm going to let him come to the you know, come to the buffet line with me and he can pick what he wants. I'm going to help him out. Don't worry. So you can kind of reassure, hey, there's not going to be a mess. Don't worry. He's going to be able to have some assistance, but basically don't pre-plate his food for him. That's essentially what message you're trying to get across. Alternatively, though, if you do want to pre-plate food and you don't want somebody else to be doing it or you don't want them to be putting on like loads of vegetables that you know is going to turn them off, like your child off, or um, maybe putting too much food on their plate that is also going to probably turn them off, then you can say something like, you know, we like to make sure that there's at least one food on the plate that he loves, even if it's just a roll. So that's kind of indicate to them, have a safe food, basically. Have one thing on there that you know he's going to like. If you could be the one to pre-plate for your child, obviously that's more ideal. But again, if somebody else is doing it, then you can say something like that. And also you can let them know, you know, smaller portions is so much better. Trust me, you don't want to waste too much food. So put just a little bit on there, maybe one tablespoon of each type of food. So just let them know what your child can handle, what is best for them. Don't be shy around it. Again, most of the time they think they're doing better for them if they do it their way or they think that they're just helping out if they do you know whatever they usually do with your child so just explain it to them and for the most part I I promise it's it's really taken well the other thing that I think is so important to talk about beforehand is how you approach dessert so this seems to be one of the most common issues um I would say in in get-togethers when you're when you're with big groups of people and you know that there's tons of desserts around the holidays because everyone has different values on the importance of desserts and sweets. And it's really important for everyone to know right away if you choose to allow your child to have dessert, even if they don't finish their meal, which is something that I teach, again, because we don't want the dessert to be contingent on basically, you know, how much food they actually ate beforehand. We don't want it to be like a reward, Um, you know, or if you are the type of parent that strictly only offers it once they finish their meal, that's fine. I'm not here to change you, but let your family know what your philosophy is. So, you know, if you've also taken my course, you know the value of including a bit of dessert with the meal. Sometimes that helps remove the special status that dessert holds when it's offered 
only at the end of the meal. So if that's not possible at all during this family holiday meal, that's okay. It's not like going to ruin anything if there's one meal where they have dessert after. But what I ideally want you to do, especially if there's other kids there, I want you to talk to the parents of those kids. And of course, I want you to talk to like your, you know, their grandmother or aunts or whoever else is going to be there as an adult and let them know that one, we really should avoid comparing, you know, how much this child ate compared to how much the other child ate. And two, I would really love it if we can all just offer them dessert no matter what. That way, and just, you know, you can say that's what we do at home. It works really, really well. You don't have to go into a big explanation, but just say, hey, could we just get all, all get on the same page about this? Let every kid have a dessert regardless of how much they ate because that then you're not going to have like you know some kids saying well how come he gets a dessert and I don't get a dessert and then there's going to be really this feeling of unfairness which I would totally sympathize with the kid if they felt that right so that's something that I think is really helpful to talk about beforehand the other thing that I think is helpful to talk about is how long you expect your child to sit at the table for I've seen this many times where again a certain family member says You're not allowed to leave the table until you finish this much of your food, which again goes against my recommendation. So I would say to your family ahead of time, you know, hey, this is how long we typically let Thomas sit at the table. He currently sits about this long. Sometimes I'll try and stretch it a little bit longer. You know, whatever your situation is, explain it. And then just say, you know, I'm okay with them sitting for only five or 10 minutes, especially because it's going to be pretty distracting, pretty loud, or maybe, you know, they're not going to be as hungry or overwhelmed. I'm not even expecting that they'll get there. So it's okay with me if they don't sit there that long. And that way, hopefully your family will understand, hey, if it's okay with you, it's okay with me. It's not a big deal. Again, I don't have to make this big ordeal about it at the actual family event. So in general, when you're talking to your family, I just think that approach the situation kindly, approach it openly, avoid a you versus them type scenario. Try and explain briefly, you know, the reasoning behind the values that you choose. Let them know that you've had success with your choices when your feeding styles and the positive outcomes that you've been seeing. And really, I think this is the best way to help them feel included. And that feeling of inclusion is really going to bring them on board. Okay, so that is a lot in terms of tip number two with talking about things ahead of time. There's so many things that you could talk about, but really this whole thing could be like a five-minute conversation. But just kind of lay out what you think is most important to talk about. Tip number three is to address comments from family members with grace in the moment. Okay, so if you have been working on setting a positive mealtime environment for your child, and if you run into the situation with family members who are pressuring your child, I find it's best in most situations to acknowledge the comments courteously, okay? So don't like fight back and or be defensive or snap at them and just subtly redirect them. So a few examples could be if somebody says, oh, like Thomas, look at Farah who is eating all of her broccoli. You should eat your broccoli too. What you can do at this point is just interject really quick. Yep, she did eat all her broccoli and Thomas is having what's right for his body at this meal. So again, it's sort of a little cheeky, but it's kind, you know, say it in a kind way and just let them know, yes, I acknowledge your comment, aka I know what you're trying to say and do here, but don't worry, I'm okay with how much he's eating and he's eating exactly however much is right for his body. If somebody says to your child, eat two more bites of this before you can leave the table, 
then I would say something like, that's okay, I let Thomas eat until he decides to stop. Thomas, are you all done? And then, you know, see what he does and respond so that they can really see you doing this in action. You care about what he is saying and what he is wanting. Um, It's not about an arbitrary number of like two bites before deciding that, you know, mealtime is, it's acceptable to end mealtime. If somebody says to your child, you know, you can have dessert if you eat all of your meal, you can say something like, oh, don't worry, we let Thomas eat dessert regardless of how much food he eats. So Thomas, would you like some dessert right now? And then just, again, you take control of that situation and let them know, hey, I got this. So it's really up to you and your family dynamics how far you want to go into a conversation about things. But I find that quick and subtle comments like these put the power back in your hands without risking a really elaborate and possibly heated discussion about it. If you notice more pushback from a family member, then I would end things by saying something like, I so appreciate your perspective. Will you follow my lead this meal? And then just smile. It always helps to smile, I'm telling you. Although it may be frustrating to address family members who mean well, do it kindly. Again, do it with a smile. Remember, this is a time about love and happiness and family. And it just makes the message so much more accepted when you do have a smile on your face. Sometimes talking about your child's eating habit is nothing more than what you know they consider to be harmless small talk. It may be easy for someone to comment on a child's lack of eating or abundance in eating or just simply, you know, something to notice and say like, oh, they're eating this or they're not eating that. But it's helpful in these situations, again, redirect the conversation away from eating and onto something else. Do it really quick, but do it without conflict. So if somebody says, oh, he's picky with his food, isn't he? Again, remember where they're coming from. This is not meant to be an attack at you. Don't take things personally. It's not about you. It's probably just an observation and it may even be out of concern, right? So they do love your child. That's why they're saying that. What you can say is, you know, he's doing really well learning to like foods at his own pace. Did you know he's really into toy cars right now? And then see how I redirected that? So now I'm just totally taking the conversation away from food away from eating, they don't really have a whole lot to say at that point. If they want to bring it back, well then, you know, you can just again say, yep, and then he loves his new toy cars, let me show you. You know, something like that to just totally dodge that conversation. So that's my advice there. Tip number four is really sometimes you just need to decide whether it's really worth the effort to even get into some type of conversation about this. Sometimes if things do get a little more heated, sometimes if they don't want to drop the conversation, you got to think, okay, this happens once or twice a year that we get together. You know, maybe that's the situation anyway. Um, Maybe it happens more frequently. Again, that can weigh in on your decision as to whether you want to kind of choose your battles and say to yourself, is this something I really want to fight about for this one meal? Or will I just let her say this comment and move on? Ultimately, it's your choice as the parent and your choice only to decide if this occasion will cause a setback in the progress that you've made with your child. But I will say that most times, and I mean like 95% of my experiences, maybe 99% of my experiences with my kids, what has happened with other family members for random holidays or random get-togethers hasn't affected my kids eating at all so even if they do say comments here and there and it's like on Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter and whatever like my kids don't like that doesn't get ingrained in them right so it's not actually affecting their day-to-day eating so a lot of times you might just decide it's okay to just let this whole thing slide 
it doesn't matter. Now, if you do want to say something, of course, it's your prerogative, and I want you to be confident in your choice either way. But that's kind of tip number four, is just to kind of think about that, right? Tip number five is I want you to focus on the positives. So try focusing on the positive experiences during that get-together. Don't dwell on the negative. I promise you'll be there forever thinking about the negative things if you'd let yourself. There is tons of research out there on the benefits of eating together as a family and the importance of focusing on togetherness of a meal instead of the food being served. So I really want you to think about that for a second. The benefits of your child being with this extended family and having this environment where everyone's gathered around food and everyone's together, that is a huge positive benefit in your child's relationship with food and memories and ability to see mealtime even as a positive place. Even if there's a little bit of tension during mealtime, there's so many more positives that you can appreciate, I am sure. This is a special time and it can be forgotten about sometimes through the hustle and the bustle of the season. So just having your child participate in conversations around the table, passing food around to everyone, it can really help instill those practices that you implement at home and it can help your child on the path of becoming an adventurous eater if they're not already. So I hope that this episode has really just armed you with tactics and tips and strategies for going into, you know, this holiday season with your family and I hope that you feel confident with them and I really, really hope that you don't even have to use them because everything just goes smoothly and there are no comments that you have to even deal with at all. So that's my wish for you. If you found this episode helpful, would you please leave me a review? You know it means the world to me. If you are a longtime listener, I promise I read every single one and my God, does it ever make me happy to see them. And if you are a new listener, please let me know how you're liking things and just know also that it's the best way to support my podcast. If you can leave a review, it helps to spread this podcast out to other parents just like you. So thank you so much in advance and have a wonderful week. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.